All right, welcome back to Edgework on the Hammer Betting Network. Apologies for the delay, some technical issues there, but uh, Andy will be with us shortly, so when he is, we'll get him in here. Uh, Alex, bunch of games last night, a ton of games on the slate tonight, so it's looking pretty good so far for us to be able to break this all down. But uh, let's start with some takeaways from last night there. Uh, I know that you and Andy were actually both on the Winnipeg game, but we can wait for Andy to get in here. Oh, there he is, just like that. Andy (laughs) is ready to go there. Uh, What's up, Andy? (laughs) Oh, your mic's out, Andy. Your mic's not on right now. Anyways, let's start, let's go with the uh, you guys are both on the Winnipeg game, so we'll wait until Andy's ready to go. But talk about that. But the other thing was the Tampa Bay Lightning. This is a team they go in, uh, up against Nashville last night, put up a five-two win over them. Tampa, to me, I had said it like I compared them to the Golden State Warriors. They were a team that after that year they had a, a, where they lost in the playoffs to the Columbus. Hello. They kind of just said there he is. Yeah. Um, after the year that they lost to Columbus, they kind of just said, all right, forget it. Let's get to the playoffs and let's win then because that's what's most important. And since that point, they kind of have just coasted along essentially during the regular season. Yeah. They started a little bit slow this year. They're playing more hockey than anybody else with these playoff runs that they've been on. What are you seeing out of Tampa so far? And especially with that win last night against Nashville. Yeah, and that I mean that that's exactly it. Like, you know, we talked about it. I talked about it at the beginning of the year that Tampa's a fade team early and we're gonna wait for them to, to heat up. And that's that's exactly what they've done now. They've won eight of their last eleven games. Uh and, and like I said, it just takes time. When you have a team that's been as dominant as the Tampa Bay Lightning, or like you said, even Golden State and basketball, you can go to any sport. You go to the playoffs over and over again. And especially look at Tampa Bay. They had to deal with the bubble, they had to deal with a shortened season on top of that, a lot of condensed uh, games and, and, or a lot of games in a condensed time over the last three, three and a half years, you know, and, and injuries that mound up uh, during the playoffs. You got guys that have surgeries in the offseason. So it just it just makes sense that you see some of these teams, even look at Colorado, how they've struggled early. Of course, the injuries have kind of mounted on them now. But Tampa Bay starting to get healthy, starting to get their offense rolling. Vasilevsky starting to look like the perennial Vesna trophy contender that he's been uh, virtually his entire career. And now this might be the time to jump in. You might be able to get some good prices on some futures to look at them for the East. If they can make it four in a row to win the Eastern Conference, get back to another final, uh, even take a shot with them just uh, to make the playoffs. I'm sure there's not that much value in that. But this is definitely a team that you want to fire on right now because they're just only going get, to get hotter and hotter right now. And their schedule has been pretty favorable as well, looking uh, kind of ahead in the next couple of weeks. They've got to get past the Boston Bruins, though. Yeah, that's that's the only thing. <laughs> that's, a, that's the one thing standing in everybody's way in the Eastern Conference right now. That New Jersey and Boston are the, are the two albatrosses of that for sure. Yeah, Boston uh, looking good. And, and um, Tampa Bay, though, like you said, I, I think we, it was definitely a, a wait, wait and see approach. That was the, the kind of the wise thing to do uh, coming into the season. And, and, and now they just they look like they're really hitting their stride and and. Uh, and that's a good thing because they're a, they're a fun team to uh, to bet on when they're playing well because you've got great goaltending and and you've got uh, you know gamers in players like Braden Point and Stamkos and and Kucherov. Yeah, and I mean you see Stamkos gets all those uh, all the memorabilia and stuff for his thousandth point, and yeah. those guys are hooked up pretty nicely down there in Tampa. But let's but go to a game. Let's. What about the MVP though, Brian Elliott? Right? What is he six and one now? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. know. It's actually <laughs> insane. 
Uh, but it also backup goalie that they've had during this run, honestly. Yeah, I mean, he's like he's he's not he's definitely not winning games for them per se, but uh, the the Lightning have played well with him in goal, and and uh, I guess that counts for something right now because he's man, he's he, a lot of closing line value has been torched uh, on Brian Elliott this season mm-hmm. for sure. Definitely. Yeah, but it's like a it's on to Andy's point there about he's not winning them games. It, it becomes more important almost with your backups or at least it used to be more so than anything. And probably in certain spots with a goaltender, who's going to be as dominant as Vasilevsky. And then you're going to flip to a guy like Brian Elliott on the other side is like, you got to make sure that guy's just not losing you games. Like as long as he's not going in there and like being a cause of losses and putting you in a bad spot, I think you're, you're in a pretty good position with that. But going to a team here that. Manages to get a win last night. You guys were both on this. Alex, what were you seeing in the Winnipeg game last night? Well, it's more of a fade on St. Louis. I mean, they've just been a, a dismal team. <laughs> just, just can't back it. And I, like I said, I, at the beginning of the year, I felt this is going to be a team that was going to trend down. I know a lot of people like St. Louis. Thought with, you know, Barube, they kind of have that same core that they could kind of keep afloat in what's been a bad central division. They just have not been able to find it. And when you're resting on Jordan Bennington to be your true number one starter, they're not running a one A one B system. Thomas Grice looks like uh, he's ready to, to to hang it up. I mean, he's just been absolutely brutal. We saw him falling down on the ice, like uh, a save. It's just been a it's just been a mess for St. Louis right now. And in Winnipeg, a team that I actually thought would be trending downward as well, looking at them at the beginning of the year, they've actually been stringing along some good hockey, getting some balance uh, scoring. Uh, you know, Josh Morrissey's you know, been it lights out as a defenseman, you know, I think he's first or second in points uh, for blue liners so far this year. So it's a good team. And with Connor Hellebuck, he's a guy who can steal your game any given night of the week. Uh, I thought that was a great spot and I thought that was a cheap line. So I was all over Winnipeg and they got the win five, three. Yeah. I, I didn't really understand that line. I thought it should be priced closer to the minus one thirty area, especially with uh, with Krug and um, Butch Navich. I mean, Butch Navich is one of their their or arguably their best forward right now, um, as far as production goes. Anyway, um, and uh, yeah, the goaltending. I mean, to Thomas Grice, it's it's I I don't really think there's like arbitrarily. I kind of don't think there's a big difference right now because Jordan Bennington's just ass. Like he is totally <laughs> off his game if he ever was on his game, and uh, I don't know like. As far as Bennington goes, like personal feelings about him aside, because he's a douchebag, but um, he is never like he he had one good, really good season, and yeah. it resulted in a Stanley Cup for St. Louis. Uh, and I mean, I think he was okay after that, and then it's been downhill ever since. Everything, and of course, goaltending around the league has has come down over the last number of seasons, but. I mean, Bennington has just followed that trend, uh, you know, even more so. So I don't really think Jordan Bennington is an above-average goaltender. I haven't for a long time. So, you know, regardless of whether it's Grice or Bennington, I don't think the Blues uh, have uh, have a strength on, on defense right now. And their offense, while can be, you know, somewhat frustrating, like in the Islanders game. I bet on them, uh, again, I bet, I, I bet on the Islanders, sorry, against the Blues uh, a few nights ago, and I got around minus 158, minus up to one, minus 165. They closed around minus 180 or minus 185, uh, and that game wasn't even close, even though the Islanders arguably outplayed the, the Blues. Uh, St. Louis managed to score a bunch of goals on, on Ilya Sorokin, surprisingly. Uh, and and so they can still be a frustrating team to bet against, but yeah, they're they're definitely a fade team for sure. 
All right, let's look to some games that are going on tonight here. So preview some of those. Maybe we give out some best bets. Let's start with uh, an interesting one here as I'm looking at the line. And Alex actually threw an interesting stat before, so I'm not going to steal his thunder on that. I'll let him give that one, but I know Andy has a play in this game as well. The Boston-Arizona game is kind of... Uh, I mean, it's pretty one-sided. You're looking at a Boston team that has been absolutely incredible all season long and an Arizona team that's just not now mind you they've gotten some good goaltending out of Vimelka this is a team that competes every single night for the most part they did have a little bit of a blip where they got absolutely blown out by the Oilers the other night but other than that they're they're competing and it's at least uh something to watch if it's on TV you can at least put it on and not have to say what the hell is going on here <laughs> But some of these, sometimes when you see some prices like this, I mean, as a Leafs fan, I feel like it's going to be a little bit more scarring. But you're seeing the Bruins right now going up against the Coyotes. Best price in market, minus 310, 315 around there. Some of the sharper books sitting at minus 333 on the Bruins just straight up against the Coyotes. Andy, what are you seeing in this uh, Bruins-Coyotes game tonight? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously a big price. I don't think it's anywhere near where it should be, though. Um, Boston is the best team in hockey right now. Um, Coyotes are coming back from a 14-game road trip, and we don't know a whole lot about Mullet Arena and the effects that it has. You know, I mean, it's a different it's a different kind of venue, uh, not unlike anything else that, that we've seen in the NHL, uh, you know, in, in a long time, I guess, or, or ever. Um and, uh, you know, the, the impacts of that are kind of still unknown. But uh, I think, you know, it, our, if, 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 it's, if it's true what, what people are saying, that the ice is, you know, maybe the best in the NHL, uh, that's probably going to favor Boston, who is, you know, one of the best teams in terms of puck possession, Corsi. Uh, the Coyotes are, are the worst team in, in that regard. Um, they, they always get outshot. They don't generate any shots they're they're you know the worst team in the league in terms of shot generation um they look to have improved on defense over the last during that road trip i guess over the last month they haven't been home in a month uh so i mean on the road they look to have improved on defense a bit but if you look at the teams that they played they played maybe three teams that were in the top 10 uh on offense uh and and you've got a boston team here that that scores more goals than just about anybody nobody can you know, very few teams can touch Boston's offense right now, uh, and uh, and their defensive play is you know even a, a bigger reason why they're so successful. And Linus Allmark probably isn't going to start this game, so that's maybe why the the price is what it is. Uh, but I, I think even with Jeremy Swayman in goal, this is like a, a minus four hundred game. And I took the Bruins on the the puck line at, at around minus one fourteen, I believe, minus one fifteen, all the way up to minus one twenty five. Uh, I didn't really have to take a whole lot of minus 125 because earlier there was uh, a lot a lot better available. But I'm not sure what the price is now, but I would bet the Bruins to, to cover the, the one and a half goals on the puck line, um, something they've done a lot this season um, at minus 125 or better. Yeah, you you can see you can get minus 123 there, 
minus 125s around and uh i mean if you do shop around and have certain books you can see even see there's just a rogue minus 119 sitting out there so we can lock that in on uh, the Edgework Betstamp account. If you want to track all the plays that are given out here in real time and you want to see how they're doing through the course of the season, you can go to the Betstamp app, go to the Find Betters but like little button there. That's two icons beside each other. And then search up Edgework. You can follow all the plays in real time. Alex, you did have an interesting stat for me before we even started the show. Yeah, Boston has won 19 straight meetings against the Arizona Coyotes. Last time Arizona got a win against Boston was back on October 9th, 2010. Got a 5-3 win against them in Boston. The next night, both teams fly to Arizona. Bruins get a 3-0 win, and they haven't lost against this team since. And when you look at that road trip that uh, you know the Coyotes have been on, you have to kind of break it up because it's been 14 games that they played on the road. But they did have some breaks where they were able to fly home for a couple of days, recharge a little bit. It still didn't matter. They've just been absolutely dismal right now. Uh, and like I said, coming back home to Mall Arena, where like I said, the quotes have been, every, you know, the ice is great, the, the boards are live. Uh, like I said, these are all things that support Boston. I love this first period over, and there's a, a few reasons why. I know everyone's looking at the side, everyone's looking at this puck line. Five of the last seven meetings, for what it's worth, have been decided by one goal. So that is something that is kind of interesting, especially when you're talking about Boston over the last de- de- you know, dozen years. They've been one of the strongest teams in the league. We've seen some weaker Arizona teams over the last few years, and yet they've been able to kind of keep pace with them, still finding a way to lose the game. Five of, or also seven of the last nine meetings, we've seen the first period over cash in, including four straight first period overs now for the Coyotes ending that road trip. We've seen the Bruins getting off to some hot starts uh, of late as well. You're only laying a dollar twenty-five to a dollar thirty-five for for one and a half. That's a very cheap price these days. Uh, I jumped all over that last night, and, and like I said, I'm surprised to even see it drop down a little bit. So I love this first period over here. I think Boston can kind of name their score, and I think they'll get off rocking and rolling to an early lead. I could see Arizona getting a goal early as well. Uh, you know, being jazzed up, being back at home. That you know, rocking crowd of five thousand plus, uh, it should should make for an interesting first period. But I think you know Boston kind of cruises from there, and they can kind of name this goal afterward. I I, I love your your play, Alex, uh, on the the first period over. But I, I will say, like as an argument to um, the the close games in recent history between these two teams, like past iterations of the Boston Bruins were not good offensive teams. Sure. Uh, you know, at least not in the last few years. Uh, they had one year under Bruce Cassidy where they were really good on uh, on offense, but other than that, you know, kind of average for the most part. So, you know, it, it's not really all that surprising that that those teams didn't didn't really blow out teams like Arizona. Uh, you know, teams that kind of keep this are, are were known in the past for kind of keeping the score low, maybe uh, at times. But um, I think you know, even looking at the last game that these two teams played, which was uh, uh, decided by one goal, um, uh, Boston didn't have several players, right? Like their their blue line was decimated at that time. No Charlie McAvoy. They didn't have right. Brad Marchant. This is back on October fifteenth. You know, the first the second week of the season. So I'd I'd you know lean towards throwing out a lot of the recent stuff as far as the matchup stuff here. Uh, I think the the biggest thing that could hold the Bruins back is, you know, just maybe kind of sleepwalking into this game. But then again, you know, you look at recent games, uh, they played Chicago not too long ago and absolutely blew the doors off them. Uh, You know, I think the shots were like 43 to 18 or something like that. So um, I don't think the Bruins are really sleeping at this point and they should dominate this game. As I mentioned, Arizona, they they shouldn't get too many touches. They shouldn't get too many shots. uh, And there should be a big divide in terms of scoring chances and, and shots on goal and things like that. 
Yeah, and the, the one thing that, like I said, yeah, it, it makes total sense that this would be a blowout. But the one thing that, that, that scares me, like I said, is, if you know, do they sleepwalk? Do they jump, jump out to a 3-1 lead and then just kind of coast and end up winning 3-2? That's the, that's the only thing that's kind of steering me off of looking at any kind of side play with Boston or, or Puck or laying a, a one-and-a-half, especially when you're laying a price on a one-and-a-half, something you don't really get often unless you have a giant favorite. Yeah, last thing. Last thing I say, I'll say, I guess, is that you know, like I said, I think the the boss, uh, the Bruins should be priced around, you know, minus four hundred ish, uh, yeah. and therefore I think the puck line wins. They cover the puck line almost sixty percent, roughly fifty nine percent of the time. So I think it should be priced closer to minus one forty ish, minus one forty five, something like that. And uh, and there's definitely I think value there at, at minus one twenty five. All right, I see a comment in the chat here from Connor Hartle. Connor saying, uh-oh, so money about to move the market on the Kraken. So uh, let, we can talk about that game, but if you're looking for other stuff from so money, he is on the Edgework show on Tuesdays occasionally and every Thursday with Alex and myself. And if you want to see some more of so money when he is on or you want to see more of Alex, then you can go to the Edgework YouTube channel, hit subscribe, turn on notifications so you get notified every time we go live Monday through Friday. And and if you're looking for more of Andy's stuff, you can find him on VEASAN with the VEASAN Pro subscription with the uh, Andy. I still don't know what to call it, like the daily just, hockey just, picks. Yeah, you can find my articles at, at VEASAN. Yeah, my daily hockey picks. There you go. You can find my hockey stuff at VEASAN.com. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, many, so many messaged me or DM me on Twitter uh, yesterday, and he's like, a bunch of Jets emojis and i'm like i don't know if that's a good thing man like we, we like, <laughs> none of our plays that line up have been winning lately so uh <laughs> you know for the better part of the season i think like every time we're on the same play and i'm not saying it's him but you know <laughs> 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 right. well let's talk about this uh this crack in capitals game here it's a interesting one it is in washington here tonight uh Seattle on the road obviously they're coming in as the dog in this game against the Capitals but uh Alex what are you looking at when you're seeing this Capitals cracking team where I mean the Kraken have been pretty good so far to start the season you hear from different executives around the league different uh analysts and insiders and stuff saying like this Kraken team is legit and then on the other hand you've got a Washington team that's probably kicking themselves a little bit that they let two goalies go in Vanacek and Samsonov now it's not to say that Kemper's been bad or like being a problem but just watching the success those other two guys have had with their new teams and they're dealing with some injuries they're a little bit older they're slower they're kind of just not the washington capitals you're used to be you're used to seeing yeah you know they always use the term styles make fights and if this was a fight it would be seattle by tko it's just a matter of which round they get it done in uh this is definitely a mismatch as far as speed goes seattle's just been lightning quick and, and a fun team to watch where the capitals are just old and slow kind of just uh plotting it'd be a great team in the, in the mid 90s but Right now, in this day's NHL, they just aren't getting it done. Ovechkin, he's still a scoring machine. Of course, he's trying to chase the record. Everybody's watching for him every single night. Uh, and I think he's going to get closer and closer to that spot. He kind of He's one of those guys that kind of heats up a little bit around December, January. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on for, for player props, potentially, because, shockingly, you're actually going to get some plus value with him, uh, which may not last long. Of course, especially once he approaches the record. You're definitely not going to get any plus money. Everybody's going to be jumping on trying to bet him to get the, the goal when he gets to that 800-801 mark. But uh, Seattle's been lights out. They have lost back-to-back -back games. 
and you're getting them at a plus price. I do like them on the side, but I really like this first period over even more. We've seen them go eight of the last 10 games over the first period and scoring a goal in the first 10 minutes. I think they can jump all over Washington and, like I said, kind of put them away early. This is a capital team that's not built to come back uh, down from multi-goal leagues. Yes, I've got, I guess I've got kind of a contrary opinion, which is uh, ironic considering that I think it was last Friday that I sat here and talked about how I thought the Kraken were a great bet versus the Capitals. I think it was Friday. I don't know. Maybe it was maybe it was a different day. But I remember talking about it with some of you guys. Um, they were at home. Uh, Washington had Darcy Kemper at the time. Um, I've been doing a lot of tinkering lately. Like things, ha- things did not go well for me in November. Um, and uh, I think one of the one you know there were a few big signals that I was just way you know far too off the market, uh, far too often. Um, with with some of my projections. And so I've been messing around a little bit. Not that that's a bad thing. I mean, you want to trust your numbers and everything. But sure. after after years of being kind of pretty close to, to the market, more often than not, I was starting to drift away on some teams. And I, I so I've kind of been tinkering. And uh, I think this the fact that I don't like the Kraken all that much today is a result of that, I guess. Um, but I felt very lucky to, uh, to win that game. Uh, I bet... Seattle, um, you know, as a, a smaller favorite, I think I, I'm, I'm not sure what the price was exactly now that I think of it, but um, definitely not plus 110, right? But uh, at home, Darcy Kemper was in goal, and I still like the Kraken. But then, you know, you look, you dig a little deeper, and this team hasn't been performing all that great as of late. The defense has slipped over the last like five or six games, which isn't a big sample size, but. You know, you see that, and then you look at Martin Jones and Philip Grabauer, and you're like, "Oh no, is this happening again? Is this team gonna absolutely shit the bed? And are they gonna be a, you know, a, a, a an awful defensive team once again?" Um, and that's definitely concerning. But Washington, I think, you know, I, I haven't heard an update on Kemper. They haven't. Really, they basically just said it's day to day. Orloff is seems to be getting closer, I guess, or you would think he was getting closer. I don't know if he's gonna play in this game or. Uh, I guess we'll find out at practice here this morning, unless we already have. But um, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not big on the Kraken uh, heading into this one. I think Washington's been playing well lately, um, and yeah, obviously Charlie Lindgren is a big downgrade. But as far as the goaltending goes, I don't know. Like teams are always flip flopping their goaltending from one off season to the next, and you look at uh, Vanacek and Samsonov's body of work in in Washington, and it was wasn't good. In fact, they were probably a big reason why the team has been held back over the last couple of years. So I don't really blame them for, for going another direction with the goaltending. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, hindsight is 2020 looking at where being, seeing where they're doing what they're doing right now. And then saying is a, a, a lot easier, but that's Speak, kind of why speaking of this though, Greg Wyshynski from ESPN just tweeted out this morning, how hockey fans had found his old takes from the summer about how he was kind of saying the Ilya Samsonov Matt Murray combo was a terrible idea it wasn't going to work and people were shitting on him for that it's like show me your receipts where you said that that was going to really work out for the Leafs right like you were praying if you're a Leafs fan you were praying if you were telling yourself it was a great move then you're brainwashed right like I mean it wasn't at the time it was a, a bet that they hope would work out and so far it has but I wouldn't be patting anybody on the back for for that I think it you're incredibly lucky as a franchise and as yeah. a fan base that things have worked out so far because it could have went the other way and it could it still could. So uh, yeah, better hope Mitch Marner continues to tear it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you knew. I for one actually thought Samsonov was going to be a good fit. I was worried about Matt Murray, of course. Yeah, I think everybody was more worried about him. 
But not like this. I mean, I mean, like to, to, to like throw shade at somebody for saying that they question the move and whether like putting all of Toronto's basically their their Stanley Cup hopes on Matt Murray and Samsonov was a smart idea. Like everybody did that. There wasn't many people out there like, oh, this is a great move. Like, so yeah. if you're going to look for people that are wrong about goaltending takes, you're going to find a lot of people because everybody's wrong about goaltending takes sure. like all the time. Right. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm way more shocked with what Vanacek's doing in New Jersey than what. Uh, Samsonov's doing in, in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and goaltending can also just kind of flip year to year in terms yeah. of like guys can just get hot, have a great year, and then or just have a bad year on the other side where they're good, they're a good goaltender, and they have a horrible year. It's very, very easy for that to happen. All right, let's move on to another game here tonight. Uh, the San Jose Sharks heading to Anaheim to take on the Ducks here tonight. This is just a battle of some dumpster fire teams at this point, I guess. I mean, mostly teams that potentially will be looking to move some guys at the deadline here, maybe move on from some pieces. I know there's been a lot of guys on San Jose in trade conversations, possibility of Eric Carlson potentially moving on. I don't know if the, how likely that'll be come trade deadline here, but Alex, what are you looking at in this uh, Sharks-Ducks game tonight? You know, this is just one of those contests. It's like going to, like, a, a chain restaurant or a fast food place. You know the food's trash, but you have a taste for it. Sometimes it just tastes really good. It hits the spot. And this is <laughs> this is the way I kind of look at this game. And it's kind of a rinse and repeat. You look at the last two meetings, we've seen some high-scoring affairs. Uh, Anaheim wins 6-5, goes to a shootout. They win again four days afterward, 5-4 in a shootout. It's kind of rinse and repeat for me. I'm looking at this game to go over 6. Uh, I played laid minus 120 uh, last night. And I like the draw uh, in regulation at plus. I'm seeing as high as 341 over at Pinnacle. Uh, this just feels like, you know, these are two teams. They're rivals. They don't like one another. They just kind of roll the puck out and play, you know, a mostly offensive game. Goaltending has been awful. No, no matter who's in net between the four goalies for these two teams, you're pretty much looking at it over. I mean, John Gibson's been atrocious. Talk about bad goalie takes. I thought he was going to take a step uh, in, in the, the right direction and kind of get himself – geared up you know where he's been terrible the last couple of years but he's playing through this groin injury and they haven't really talked about how serious it is he's you know hasn't been on ir off and on but uh clearly that he's not he's not right he's not well anthony stolars who was a decent backup last year his numbers have been awful you got capo cocking and a guy who i thought was going to really uh make a turn after getting traded from minnesota he's been terrible uh and, and then you've got hill uh oh i'm sorry not hill but you got uh aaron dell who's the backup now because Reimer's hurt. So any way you shake it, whoever's in, in that, I love this over here at, at six. I think that's a too small of a price. I thought, you know, seeing some six and a halves pop up, this could have easily been seven in my opinion. And uh, I like the regulation draw here as well. I can definitely see it being another four, four or five, five game after 60 minutes. Yeah, I agree right. with that. It's typically what you see out of these two teams. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Andy, are there any best bets that you're looking at tonight, whether it be player props, uh, sides, totals, anything remaining on the board that hasn't been touched on quite yet? Yeah, well, aside from the the, the play on the Bruins to cover the puck line, I do really like uh, Kirill Kaprizov anytime goal. Um, I saw plus 130 at DraftKings earlier, and I think one other book had plus 130 as well. Pinnacle was all the way down at around plus 115. Uh, I believe. Oh, that's come down quite a bit, but still some plus one thirties there. I can't yep. really see that. Yeah, multiple plus one thirties remain. Cool. Yeah. So uh, I would, I would, I would bet that at uh, plus one thirty. Um, I don't, 
I haven't seen access to that myself, so I haven't actually bet it myself, full disclosure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'll probably still take a little bit of, uh, uh, of that at around, you know, at a little better than even money because, um, Kaprizov is just on fire right now. I don't know how many games he's scored in a row, but it's like more than it's at least five, I think. And, uh, he's got 17 goals in 25 games. I'm not worried about, um, who the Oilers starting goal. I don't, I don't know what the big fuss is. Like, I think Stuart Skinner is better than Jack Campbell. There's no question. Uh, but I don't, I, st I don't know what the big fuss is. Like, I don't think the market should like move every time it's announced that Stuart Skinner is going to start in goal. Like he is, um, I wouldn't blindly just bet on the Oilers when he starts. That's for sure. Uh, I, I don't think he's been good over the last month and, uh, and Edmonton just, they're playing a little bit better, I guess, but, um, they, uh, they're just not a, a good team. I, I, I think they're obviously going to have chances tonight against Minnesota because the Wild are kind of a break-even team too and, and they're playing a little bit better, but it's it's still probably going to be a, a more of a wide-open game. Uh, I think both teams will have chances to score, which I think will lead into a bet that you like, Zach. But uh, but yeah, Kaprizov at, uh, at plus 130 to score an anytime goal, I, I, I think that's a, almost a must-bet tonight. All right, well, we tracked that on the Edgework account there, so you can see that in what? real time go up. Huh? What? Oh, I thought I thought it was just for fun, man. I thought it was <laughs> 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 um, but, yeah, you're right. I do have one that I like in this game as well. Uh, it's Zach Hyman, anytime goal scorer. See, plus 190 available. I did bet that myself. Um, I see some plus 180s, 182. I think those are still good at that number, but it's just Zach Hyman is playing on a line with Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. Uh, I look at the game against Arizona Coyotes the other night. He was second on the team in shots on goal. He's creating opportunities, and more than anything, like we saw it here in Toronto when he played with Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, or if he went down with John Tavares, it's a guy who just, at bare minimum, he knows the right place to be has a stick on the ace and when you're playing with players as skilled as Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl like they're going to create opportunities the entire night and there's going to be an opportunity for him to capitalize on that and then I mean we're looking at a guy who has been creating chances this year and just hasn't necessarily followed through uh, or being able to kind of have that match the amount of chances that he's created or the the goals that he maybe should have i mean you're looking at expected goals of about 16 he's only got nine goals on the year it's not necessarily going exact hand in hand but at some point i think he'll start to be able to put up a couple more goals especially playing alongside those guys yeah i mean things things trended that way in the early in the playoffs last year you look at hyman he was generating a ton of of scoring chances he was pretty much leading the team uh, outside of, you know, what McDavid was doing and stuff as far as, like, high danger chances. And then it took a little while, but, you know, once the goal started coming, he he, he's, he becomes a, a big factor, and uh, I could definitely see him becoming, you know, going on a little run here if uh, if he continues to play the way he has. Um, one thing I do want to say before we get out of here, if if that's what we're doing right away, is uh, I'm, I haven't ruled out betting on Winnipeg. I know that's probably crazy with... Uh, or probably sounds crazy with David Riddick in goal, uh, them playing tired on the second half of a back-to-back. -back, but um, Chicago's just so bad, man. Sorry, Alex. Uh, they're <laughs> I, I, they are um, they're just a really really bad team. And I had it I had it pulled up here, but um, you know you look at you look at uh, Winnipeg. They they 
they've already got two wins against the Blackhawks, four nothing and seven two uh, this season. Um, one at home, one on the road. Pretty recent too in the last month. But obviously, Connor Hellebuck started both of those teams. But they're they're a, or both of those games. Sorry, but they're a top ten team on offense right now. They're rolling, um, and and uh, you know it's it's I don't think it's like totally out of the question that maybe some action comes in on the Blackhawks today once it's announced that Riddick starts. Seems like no matter what the line is, it always moves when a goaltender like David Riddick is announced. And, you know, so if, if you know, I'm not I'm not going to lock myself into betting the Jets right now, but if if things, you know, came down a little bit and, and I could get minus 130, minus 125, maybe that's probably a little bit of a stretch. But, you know, if I got if it got into that range, I would definitely definitely look at betting uh, the Jets today against the Blackhawks because Chicago just doesn't score goals and and that's that's like a huge uh huge thing here right i mean it's <laughs> it's it's that's how you win hockey games and like they haven't even had luck against other like they've played some tired teams on the second half of back-to-back uh and the games have been close but they still haven't been able to beat them so um i think she, i think winnipeg probably can probably can put up some goals tonight against Arvid Soderblom if assuming he starts uh, he's been he's been decent the last few starts but uh it's definitely a game I'd monitor uh going forward it doesn't look to be trending anymore towards the Jets that's for sure yeah you know looking at that game and, and I'm here in Chicago I mean you know I could spend thirty dollars and go to that game or I could you know use that money God wise damn. and order a pizza uh but <laughs> uh it's gonna be a brutal game but with david riddick i mean he's pretty much the security guard that just kind of pats you down like this and does nothing else he <laughs> stopped anything 14 and three to the first period over going back to last year with nashville uh and i cashed another one with him the last time he started that's what i'm looking at here you only laying a dollar 45 i think that's uh, a cheap price. I also like Andres Athenasiu to go to gold tonight. I saw it Caesars. He's plus 270. He's a guy you haven't been able to find with a telescope in uh, the last few games. He did get four shots on goal in that game against New Jersey where he was pretty much one of three people to show up wearing a Hawks uniform in that contest. It was uh, a brutal loss for them, 3 nothing against uh, the Devils, but I like him to get a goal here at plus 270. I think maybe even take a shot with him to get the first goal. If, if Chicago's going to score, it's probably going to be in the first 20 minutes. And then once Winnipeg turns it on, and Winnipeg has dominated the Hawks over the years, even with some good Hawks teams, Winnipeg has always played this team tough, uh, whether it's here at the United Center or uh, in Winnipeg. So Jets should should cruise, but it might be a little bit closer early with Riddick and Nets. So I'd look at that first period over one and a half. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're they're playing well right now. They're not they're not like winning solely on Connor Hellebuck. He's been unbelievable this season. He's one of the best goaltenders in the NHL right now. Uh, he's he's you know along with Vasilevsky, he's like one of he's you know one of a few one of the few goaltenders that I feel like really confident in all the time. There's never really you know instances where I'm looking at him and and worrying uh, whether he's going to play well or not. But Hellebuck, you know, hasn't been totally carrying the team. They've been playing well, so. Um, Obviously, their ceiling on defense is a lot lower with with Riddick in goal, but it's definitely something I'm considering, and uh, I'm I'm kind of hoping the odds just stay where they're at, though, kind of so I can just kind of forget about this game and not put myself through the torture of betting on on a David Riddick start. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. All right, well. If you guys are looking for more of Andy's content, you can go over to vsin.com, get the pro subscription, and find Andy's daily hockey picks, his written hockey articles on there. If you're looking for more of Alex's uh, <laughs> Alex's work, you can find him on the Ice Guys pod, um, and uh, and you can find these guys on Twitter at AXSmithSports for Alex and at Digital Gambler. 
with Andy. Thank you to everyone who tuned in here today. If you want to track the picks, see how we're doing. We are up. Don't do that. Uh, we have a three point four percent ROI on the on the year as an definitely not our show. Room. It's definitely not our show. <laughs> Must have been yeah. the show that Alex is normally on. <laughs> Hey, it's, I, it's, a, it's a marathon, not a sprint, guys. I've been getting my ass kicked for the better. October was like treading water up a couple units, maybe down a unit, back up a couple units, up three or four units. And then November was just like... <laughs> and rough. yeah, so I'm hoping December's better. I'm hoping December. I'm, let's close out the year with a, with a, with a few more wins. So <laughs> well, I'm just going to say yesterday I had, I had a Dallas, I had the stars on the money line and I also had a Tyler Sagan anytime goal. So I was sweating it out a little bit as that one was tied going into OT and then Sagan wins it in, in OT for the stars. So that was a, that was a nice yeah. feeling. You felt pretty good about that one. Mm -hmm. Sagan anytime goal was tracked here on edge work yesterday. So there oh, you nice. have it. But you can find that on the BetStamp app. You go to the Find Betters button. You can find us there by searching up Edgework. You can follow us, turn on notifications so you get notified every time we track plays Monday through Friday. And if you want to see our content live, you can find us on YouTube at Edgework. You can click subscribe, like this stream, like this video if you're watching it back after the fact, and turn on notifications so you get notified every time we go live Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. But if you did miss it, you're watching this back, you can also subscribe to us on podcasting platforms and hear us as the audio-only version. Alex, Andy, thank you guys so much. Appreciate the insights, and uh, good luck on your bets tonight. I will see you guys next Friday. Have a great weekend, y'all. See ya.